This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We are recapping the Steelers 2022 draft here on the Steelers Standard, but it's not just myself and my partner, Jacob Reck, that is going to be doing it in this episode. No, 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 (laughs) no. It is a great honor and privilege to welcome back to the Steelers Standard. That's right. He's been on before. It's been a while, though. The man himself, Bob Labriola, joining us to give a full recap of his thoughts on the 2022 draft. Labs, always appreciate it. Thanks so much for jumping on. Hope I don't kill your ratings, fellas. I don't know. Do we have ratings? I, I don't even kinda, know if I we was kind of worried about that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't think we register on those those Nielsen rating skills. I don't know if enough people are listening yet. Maybe you'll Maybe you'll get us there, though, Labs. I want to start real quick with Kenny Pickett, and I say real quick knowing that we'll probably spend the whole episode talking about him because he is the talk of the draft, the toast of the draft. Everybody before Thursday night rolled around were kind of saying to themselves, oh, Malik Willis, if he's there, maybe the Steelers take him. And as he kept falling down the draft board, I think especially as we were working back here at studio headquarters, we're like, wow, he's actually going to be on the board. If they want him, he could be there. And he was, and all along, he wasn't the number one quarterback in the Steelers' minds. Were you a little surprised by that, too? Or I know you're a big proponent of lying season and teams lie all the time during this process. Were you not that surprised to see them kind of zig when everybody thought they were going a, a certain way with that position? Well, uh, let me let me start with this. I mean, I was on record as saying that I was not in favor uh, of the Steelers using their first-round pick on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that had to do with I didn't believe that Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis was going to be there. And, I, I, um, right. you know, I, and I also, you know, um, was kind of um, expecting because this is what recent history has showed us. I mean, you know, the, the whole um, pre-draft evaluation of the quarterbacks you know, it, it runs the gamut. But what we've seen lately is lots of quarterbacks get picked in the first round. And so I just thought that, you know, regardless of what, um, you know, might have been said or predicted about this particular uh, group of quarterbacks, you know, I just thought the teams who didn't have one were going to go get one anyway. Right. Because that's what we usually that's see. That's what you see every and year. So, Right, and so that's why um, I wasn't um, all that excited about the Steelers trying to pick a quarterback 20th, and I definitely wasn't in favor of them using draft capital to trade up because that's an expensive proposition, mm-hmm. you know, to get up into a you know a por- that portion of the first round, especially if and they know just, you want a quarterback, right? Like if that's right. the position they well, know you want, that's where I got scared when the Saints did it. And they moved up to what 12 right. or 11. You, you think they're going to pull the trigger? I assumed. Yeah, um, you know, Carolina, I thought, was a quarterback uh, waiting to right, be picked right. team. Um, so, uh, you know, and the, and the Steelers have, I thought, <clears throat> enough needs where they needed to use pretty much all of their seven picks or at least, you know, the, the premium ones, first one, two, and three. Um, I don't think it's a good idea to get into the habit of trading future number ones, mm-hmm. um, you know, to move up, you know, this year. So... That that was kind of why I was um, leery, or let's say, um, opposed to the idea of the Steelers using a, a first round pick on a quarterback. That plus, 
you know, the addition of Mitch Trubisky, I thought was a, you know, a move towards dealing in the short term with retirement of Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, so anyway, then then the, the, the draft starts to unfold, and what we're seeing early in the first round was um, there, were, there was no uh, run on quarterbacks like there had been, and uh, on the other side, the run was on wide receivers. Right. You know, it started out with five defensive players off the board in a row for the first time since 93 or something like that it was a long time. And then, you know, receivers started going, um, you know, teams were moving yeah. up to pick receivers. Once the Falcons uh, started at eight with that, it was over as far as receivers right. were concerned. Okay, So, you know, that was the, the, the two areas that I thought, um, you know, the Steelers should be kind of concentrating on yeah. with the 20th pick receivers and defensive players. Okay, but those were the guys who were getting picked and not the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So as the draft is unfolding, um, you know, it, it, it started to become apparent to me that, um, you know, there's, there were going to be quarterbacks there and instead of receivers and or, you know, defensive players. Jordan Davis, you know, those kind of people uh, were getting picked uh, and the receivers were getting picked. Um, so <clears throat> when, it, when it came time for the Steelers to pick – by that point, um, I was pretty much um, resigned to the fact or convinced that it was going to be a quarterback. And, you know, what I had been hearing was that Pickett was, you know, the top guy on, on the Steelers board in, at that position, which became obvious, you know, when they picked right. it. So um, by the time you got to like the 18th pick or so, I was pretty much resigned slash convinced that it was going to be a quarterback and then it was going to be picket. And so uh, that's how, you know, I came around, um, you know, to the realization. Now, let me say this. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't, I haven't spent any time with Kenny Pickett. Uh, my interaction with him when the Steelers brought him in, you know, into town and into the facility for Friday's press conference and, you know, tour and, you know, the draft day party and mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff that you do with the first round pick you know, was very limited. I met him. Uh, I, I think we, we may have talked for four seconds. Um, but seeing him around the facility, how he interacted with uh, people, and I'm not talking about Mike Tomlin or Kevin Colbert and those people. I'm just talking about, you know, the everyday. Yeah, right. Um, guy who checks staffers. your badge, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, he's an impressive guy. He is. The way how he so? handles himself. The way he handled his himself at the press conference, um, he he reacts well on his feet. Um, you know, he handled the questions I thought pretty well. Uh, when and there were a couple of um, opportunities. I'm not going to get into real specific here that he could have um, either stepped in it, as they say, right. with an answer, or you know, gone down a path that. Um, that the team would not have been particularly happy with or necessary. Uh, he avoided all of that. Uh, he has poise, quick on his feet. Um, and so, you know, as I said, he, he, he made an impression on me right away. Now, we're not going to know whether he can play or not, and that's obviously the most important thing. Um, but, uh, you know, for me um, – I am. I was. I was won over 
by the kind of guy uh, Kenny Pickett has shown himself to be so far. Let's put it that way. Still a long way to go. Uh, I still cringe anytime the Dan Marino stuff comes up. Oh man, I just think that's I mean, so that's, unfair. That's all to you're him. just gonna hear, though. It's it's totally well, unfair. I, I, yeah, I, I I just it you know um, because as I tell people, whenever they say <clears throat> he broke Dan Marino's records, so did Alex Van Pelt. And, you know um, who I, the Steel, <laughs> a Steelers twelfth round draft pick. I think it was ninety two, maybe. Um, and um, couldn't play in the league. Looks to be like he, he's going to have a nice career as a coach slash yeah, coordinator, right. though, um, but can't play, couldn't play. So, you know, college statistics are not necessarily a measure, you know, of what a guy is going to be able to do uh, on Sundays. So, uh, anyway, it looks like, um, you know, the Steelers are happy with him. He seems to be very excited. Uh, about playing in Pittsburgh for the Steelers. And as I said, I liked the way he interacted with the staff. Um, and as I said, not the not the top of the uh, uh, management flow chart either. You know, a lot of the people yeah. uh, towards the bottom. The people that you and don't need that, to impress to make an impression on. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, so far so good for me. And, uh, Mike Tallman has ma- made it clear on a couple of different occasions that there is going to be a competition, you know, for the uh, starting job and Kenny Pickett is going to be involved in it. So it's not going to be one of those red shirt years or any of that stuff. So we're going to see uh, what he has right away. Well, I'm and, glad you, um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up about the competition, but because before we move on to any of the other picks, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. It's tough to have a quarterback competition with two guys trying to split first team reps. Let alone three. There's three here that Tomlin has said they're going to be competing. Do you see that lasting all the way through to training camp where you go to Latrobe, St. Vincent College, and there's still three guys splitting first team reps? Or do you think by the time you get there, you kind of got to have it whittled down to the top two so you can really get adequate amount of reps between those two to see who's going to be your starter? Yeah, I, I, I do. And, you know, certainly um, – you know, by the preseason, yeah. you know, when, once the preseason games start, because you not only have to have, um, you know, sufficient reps for the quarterbacks uh, themselves, but you want sufficient reps for the other guys on offense mm-hmm. working with, with him. the quarterbacks, mm-hmm. working with them, you know, the receivers um, to a lesser degree, the offensive line in terms of cadence and that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I, what I think is going to happen and, you know, this is a, just a guess on my part. Uh, I think it it may end up being whittled to two pretty quickly. You know, I think okay. that a lot of a lot of people uh, will assume uh, that jobs are won, but just as often jobs are lost. Hmm. And so, do you see I one of the might, three guys losing it? Oh, I'm not. I think that that that's what's going to end up happening. Yeah. I'm not going to predict who that might be. Okay. Uh, I, I, don't I don't know if you had someone fair. in mind. No, I, I mean, again, I, I, I've not really seen, uh, I've, I haven't seen anything of Trubisky right. uh, or Pickett. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not going to, and, you know, I don't think it's fair to Mason Rudolph to, to point at the finger at him and say, you know, this is a guy who's going to come and, you know, lay an egg and lose mm-hmm. uh, the competition first. So He's the most familiar um, with the system so far. Well, uh, you know, and what part of that system that Mason Rudolph has been involved with 
uh, since Ben was the starter, is actually going to be the system this this year right. moving forward. So, um, you know, all of this is going to have to be uh, determined, but, um, you know, should make for an interesting summer. Now, the Steelers, you mentioned before when we started talking about Pickett, you thought uh, defensive line and the wide receiver spot. That's where the two areas that you were kind of thinking that they were going to hone in on with the number 20 pick. Didn't work out that way. They went quarterback. But their next three picks were that exact route. Wide receiver in the second round, defensive lineman in the third round, and then another wide receiver in the fourth round. I love all three of those picks. Uh, obviously, Kenny Pickett is the sexy you know, name. He's getting all the attention, as he should, your first-round pick and a quarterback. And a quarterback. But these three, I think, were the shining moments of the draft labs. The Pickens, the Leal, and the um, Calvin Austin pick. I, I think those three— It was three, the most Kevin Colbert-like picks, right, where it's I, the middle of the round and it's the steals. Big needs that they mm-hmm. needed, and uh, you use the word steal— that was something that a lot of people were applying to George Pickens when they got him. This is a guy that could have been a first-round talent. So And Austin, too. I thought it was a great stretch. What did, what did you think about that stretch from rounds two to four labs? Well, you know, um, the people who, um, you know, draft players for a living uh, will tell you that the second day, round two and three, that's really um, when you, you kind of uh, earn your – earn your keep mm-hmm. or lose your job um where the draft and, is won or lost you could say yeah. right and um so uh you know i, I the, the george pickens thing i don't believe the steelers have any chance of drafting him if he doesn't tear his acl in spring practice before the 2022 season uh, now uh what was unfortunate for him uh turned out to be lucky for the steelers mm-hmm. and you know, Pickens did show a lot. This is what, you know, they all talked about. Frisman Jackson, the wide receivers coach, Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, in discussing Pickens, what, what really impressed them about him was that he fought his way back onto the field, started the last five games, I think, uh, to help Georgia win a national championship. Was big in that game against um, Alabama, too. Made it. He only had a couple of catches maybe, but they were big plays down the field. Uh, and when you're doing that against Alabama uh, and you're wearing a Georgia uniform, that's huge. Yes. So um, that, that Pickens was able to, you know, show that kind of thing instead of, you know, just opting out or saying, hey, you know, forget about it. I'm just going to get ready for the draft. Um, that showed the kind of uh, team first competitive spirit uh, that the Steelers really like. So. Um, this is a guy who, you know, if you look at his highlight reel, um, you know, he's he he, he has the, that size speed combination uh, that NFL teams are really looking for now. Um, and let me just say this, uh, you know, uh, the, the other wide receivers, the current wide receivers on the team, um, you know, they better be ready to bring it because this guy. No will, question. He's number one potential so, for sure. Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, good for him and good for the Steelers offense uh, in, in general. The, um, the, the third round pick, uh, DeMarvin Leal, um, you know, this is a guy who, you know, one of the things that I know um, I've talked about was, you know, Jordan Davis certainly um, was impressive at the, at the combine based on 
uh, the athletic skills he showed, his 40 time, you know, all that kind of uh, stuff. Uh, but at Georgia, he was a two-down player. Now, things are coming out now about why that might have been. You know, Kirby Smart had a situation where, you know, he's locked, excuse me, he's locked in a constant recruiting battle with other SEC schools and Alabama in particular. And, you know, he is said to have wanted to play a lot of people to keep all the five-star recruits on his roster happy so they enter the transfer portal and go somewhere else. Like, you know, Jamison Williams did. He wasn't getting played at Ohio State. He went to Alabama, and you saw what kind of player he was. So uh, maybe that had something to do with Jordan Davis, you know, not being on the field as much as maybe he deserved to be. Um, But, you know, for me, uh, I'm I'm a – show me guys so uh i what i had seen of him was he was a you know uh one-dimensional defensive lineman uh very good at his dimension let me uh, <laughs> For sure. say yes. that up front <laughs> but still one-dimensional um the marvin leal is not that now he he is probably not as uh stout of a run defender uh, as jordan davis is currently mm-hmm. and maybe that has to do with his his weight, his bulk. Yeah, 283. Which, the right up I'm looking at right now, they even say he, he'll probably have to get a bit bigger than that. Yeah, and, and and from what I understand, you know, that should not be a difficult uh proposition for him. And if he, you know, if he needs any help knowing how to gain weight, I'm 98 could because, give him a call. Well, no, I could give him a call. <laughs> I don't have much. You have a lot of tricks to that trade, huh? Yeah, that, that my life has shown that I have been very good at that. As I get older, so so anyway, but um, he's a guy who can get can provide the defense with some pass rush ability, you know, as an interior guy, maybe a little bit, uh, maybe uh, depending on where they put him uh, in the sub packages, maybe he's outside, maybe he's inside one of the outside linebackers, wherever they might line him up. You know, the guy has some quickness and athletic ability that he transferred uh, into uh, sack production. And, you know, he played at Texas A&M, which is also in the SEC. You got to love shopping yeah. in the SEC, right? You got to. Right. And in um, the last two years you know, alone, they've taken three guys in the top four rounds from that school alone. Right. Right. So um, I, I think that, you know, he he is a guy with, with some potential and should help, you know, the defensive line. And, you know, I don't know anything for sure, uh, but it just seems to me that based on the way the Steelers are talking about Stephon to it, um, they have a pretty good idea um, that he's coming back. You know, again, I don't know anything. I'm just trying to read the tea leaves here. That's yeah. what we did. It's, it's so hard. In an earlier episode we did, Labs, we kind of did the same thing. We were like, the way they're acting, their actions, you know, with how they're addressing the position group, it kind of feels like he. they think he's going to be back. We did a mock draft right before the draft last week, and we went in the direction in the second through fourth round of going to – two linemen on the defensive side and one receiver, and we kind of joked about how the Steelers went the opposite way in reality, maybe, maybe signifying they know something, yes. to its return. Yeah, so, you know, that's kind of the way, uh, I'm, and maybe that's wishful thinking on my right. part. Very yeah. on, on all, all of our parts. parts. Yeah, right. The whole city. Uh, but that, that's the kind of the way I, I you know, I see that. So, um you know, Liao will. I, I, there's no question in my mind. I mean, he's not going to be a game day inactive all year. I mean, they need this guy. They, you know, and and I'm sure that um, 
you know, that'll be one of Cam Hayward's um, early summer pro- uh, projects, um, you know, getting in his head and uh, making sure that uh, he's doing what needs to be done and doing it the right way mm-hmm. uh, to become what, uh, you know, the defensive line needs and, and the Steelers need from him. So, you know, I, I think that that was a pretty good pick at that spot, uh, certainly because, you know, as I was saying, uh, a lot of the uh, defensive players were getting picked uh, in the first round normally where quarterbacks were getting picked in previous years. So, um, you know, and then uh, you learn some other things as as you get closer to the actual picking and, um, you know, there were some character issues with some, with some guys uh, that maybe – either downgraded them a little bit in the Steelers' eyes or maybe even took them off their board totally. Uh, I don't know any of that for sure. But once you start hearing things, uh, you know, you just kind of add one and one and come up with two, hopefully. Right. So, um, you know, that's, as I said, I think that they were able to address uh, a a situation slash need with a pretty decent-looking prospect uh, in the third round in DeMarvin. Uh, then, you know, the Calvin Austin pick. Um, Seems like such know, a Matt Canada pick, right? Like such a player cut from his cloth of offense. Well, I mean, I, I really can't speak to that. Uh, what I do know is that, um, you know, Steelers fans, some of them, um, you know, they just honk me off to no, no <laughs> You don't no say. Limit. I mean, you know, you you got to hear – First thing, he's nothing more than Dree Archer, you know, right away. Um, so let me just say this now. Um, I wrote this already for the website in the Nast and Answered. Um, Dree Archer was a running back in college mm-hmm. who could catch passes. Calvin Austin is a receiver. And so, you know, Five eight, five nine, 170 pounds in that in that area, which is similar height and weight for both of those guys, Dre Archer and Calvin uh, Austin. The difference is um, Calvin Austin is going to be trying to run the ball between the tackles in the <laughs> NFL. Uh, he's going to be either um, you know in the perimeter, in the slot, uh, or whatever, and he's going to be going against defensive backs primarily and they're going to have to try and run with him. You know, you can't put your hands on him past five yards. This is the NFL now, boys and girls. Uh, you can't put your hands on him beyond five yards of the line of scrimmage. They're defenseless players uh, down the field when the ball's in the air in a lot of instances. And so, you know, the kind of physical uh, abuse that I think was uh, Dree Archer's downfall uh, when he was trying to make it in the NFL – uh, that's not going to be uh, – teams aren't going to be able to do that to Calvin Austin. They're going to either have to catch him or, you know, not uh, hit him in places that will draw penalty flags uh, as defenseless um, play as a defenseless player when the ball arrives. So, you know, you look at him, Austin, and, and how he was used um, and his statistics. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, he, he had over 1,000 yards receiving his last two seasons. Um, that's how he's going to be used. Mm-hmm. He's a quarter, uh, a, re, a quarterback's best friend, a compliment to Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and George Pickens. You know, he gives you four receivers now 
the Steelers have four receivers who they can deploy along with either Fryermuth or Najee Harris right. or in some combination of two and three or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, it's going to give defenses some um, some thoughts on what are they going to what what are they going to deploy now uh, to counteract that, and do they have enough people you know to deal with those weapons? So whoever might end up winning the quarterback competition, uh, based on the injection of um, talent that the Steelers made in this draft, plus you know what they still they had on the roster going into the draft. You know, I think it's a pretty interesting offense. You add in what you did in free agency with your interior offensive lineman, you re-sign Chooks, you know, and again, I'm not predicting, you know, a 15-2 and two or anything, but, um, you know, the idea is to make the team better, and I think that when you look at the offense, it's better than it was uh, at the start of last season, certainly. I don't think there's any question about that. A couple more picks I wanted to get your thoughts on. The first being the pick of Cam Hayward's younger brother, Connor Hayward, out of Michigan State. Uh, Labs, I feel like I'm Scrooge. I feel like I'm the Grinch here because it's a great story, and I love the fact that Cam's going to get to work with his little brother. I even tweeted out something saying, looks like I have a roommate now for when they go to training camp this year. But I just I have trouble finding the fit. For Connor Hayward, I don't know where he would slide into. I know that he was a fullback kind of in, in uh, college, but more slotted towards the tight end position in the pros. And I honestly thought the Steelers had three pretty good tight ends. Uh, can you set me straight? Can you make me feel a little bit more optimistic about this this good story of a pick? Well, I mean, um, you know, he's a what they call a move tight end, H back kind of guy. Okay, so. Um, and you know, you know he's going to be in special end. teams, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know he's going right. to be in. I mean, all due respect to Kevin Rader. I mean, do you think he deserves he's not Mike Ditka, to have no. a roster spot with no competition? No, exactly. Okay. He, he, he should so, be pushed uh, to make it. Okay, so that's Connor Hayward. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, special teams. Kevin Rader is a good special teams player, uh, a good blocker. Um, you know, willing, uh, you know, to, to help wherever. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know that Connor Hayward is an upgrade, but I'm not willing to say that he's not. And so, you know, the, the competition thing, I think, will, you know, uh, work that out. And, um, you know, I, I think you, you, you like the bloodlines. Um, I, I do believe that what the Steelers know, that what they're getting from uh, someone, um, a Hayward, is, I'm not saying he's going to be Cam, but I also am saying that, you know, he's not going to be a knucklehead. Absolutely. In the locker room um, or in terms of his, you know, preparation or, you know, the things that you're looking for, uh, you know, from a young guy. So, because I do think if he would kind of drift that way, uh, his big brother would kick his butt. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you, you see know, the same from Derek White. You don't see him acting out at all. No. And, you know, maybe one of two things. You know, th- it could be a Derek Watt versus Connor Hayward situation in terms of, you know, a roster spot. Wow, that'd be or crazy. Maybe, brother versus brother. Or, I mean, or could that cause a maybe, rift, though? Maybe the, maybe the Steelers just go the total other way and – 
uh, make all the Yinzers happy and use two fullbacks at once. <laughs> so go from you know, zero you use, to two. Yeah, there you go. Go from zero to two. Um, but, you know, again, I think that what you're looking for in the, in the latter rounds, and Connor Hayward was a sixth-round pick, you're looking for guys, you know, who can provide competition at least to make the other guys at the position that they play better. And I think Connor Hayward does that. We'll see if he's good enough or not, uh, how he might contribute. Maybe he's, uh, maybe he gets beat out by um, uh, Raider. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, maybe he's a better special teams player. I, I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, again, sixth-round picks, you know, I get it that Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick and Antonio Brown was a mm-hmm. sixth-round pick. But here's something else. You know, go back through the six rounds of like the last five drafts and tell me what name recognize <laughs> as being in the league. No, it just you know, it's just a fact. Yeah. And we're going to get to this, but I'm going to jump the gun here a little bit. You know, picking um, the quarterback seven. Right. That's exactly seven, what I was. Seven. Okay, seriously. You know, yeah, I know Brett Kiesel was a seventh round pick. I do, but do you think you're going to get one every year? <laughs> I mean, the guy was picked maybe 15, 20 picks from the end of the draft. Um, what are you going to get there that you think is going to come, who you think is going to come and make your team? Oh, they needed an offensive lineman. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Kelvin Beecham was a seventh-round pick too. But, again, as, as I said with sixth round, go back through the seventh rounds of these drafts. Right. And pick out any – pick me ten names – that you recognize from the last seven seventh rounds, I'll bet you can't. You could go farther back. You could go like 15 years. You could maybe talk about 10 guys, if that. So with this quarterback so, being picked, that's nothing more than just you needed a fourth for a camp arm, right? I mean, they've said all along in this process, we need four. We need four quarterbacks going into camp. We like to have four. The only debate was would they have gone the veteran route or will they go in the draft and get a, another young guy? And that was clearly answered. Or, you know, we were talking about quarterback competition. Um, And, again, I'm just throwing this out. What if you get to August 12th, right before maybe the preseason is set to start, Mm -hmm. since the Steelers are not in the Hall of Fame game this year, okay? And uh, there's an injury somewhere around the league. Maybe you have a veteran quarterback you could trade. Mm-hmm. Because your seventh-round pick is a little bit more than a camp arm. Maybe he could be your third guy. Uh, And I'm not saying this is going to happen. But it's a possibility, for sure. It's a possibility. And here's the other thing. You draft him because, oh, you could have signed him as an undrafted rookie. Well, Well, if he gets that that far, then it's a bidding war. Right, exactly. Okay, so teams now, NFL teams have started – guaranteeing undrafted rookie sign um, salaries. Okay. You want to get into that guaranteeing, you know, or trying to compete with, I don't know, say let's pick a team out of the sky. Oh, the Cleveland Browns (laughs) guaranteed $253 million to a guy who may get suspended for the whole year. So, um, you know, again, when you're picking that, late now is is chris oladukin 
Is that how you pronounce it? I think it's Oladokun, yeah. We really don't know. Oladokun, okay. Um, you're, I think for sure this guy is better than Duck Hodges. He got drafted, didn't he? <laughs> That's a great point. Uh, no, Duck Hodges was a was. No, no I'm, saying, he's I'm saying, saying this he's guy, saying Oladukin. This kid got drafted and Duck didn't, so already off to a better well, start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but what I mean though is is that um, for the Steelers, this guy uh, might be more than just a camp arm, uh, which is what Duck so, was intended to be. It was just because the two guys in front of him also went down. Right. Well, and the 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 guy at the top of the depth chart. Uh, blew out his elbow. Exactly. Had, you know, so um, hopefully that doesn't happen this year. Yeah. Uh, but, but what I'm saying, though, is is that you're going to have a fourth quarterback anyway. Uh, at that point in the seventh round, you know, you didn't get an inside linebacker. At, uh, well, Mark Robinson. But some of the positions that I'm hearing that the Steelers should have used that pick on instead of a quarterback, yeah, it would have been nice to add some of those players, kinds of players, but at that point in the draft, you're not going to get one who is going to make an impact uh, mm-hmm. on your roster. So um, securing what you were definitely going to have to find slash add a fourth quarterback and maybe one who can create, either create more competition or maybe make someone – Above him uh, on the depth chart, I won't say expendable, but, um, you know, maybe makes him um, the kind of uh, resource that you might be able to move Mm -hmm. to get something in return. You know, again, we're going to have to see how it all works out. Maybe uh, Oladukin turns out to be nothing more than a glorified camp arm. Mm -hmm. Fine. Um, You cut him. Uh, at the end of training camp, like you probably would have that seventh round pick anyway. Yeah. Regardless of the position he played. Um, You know, I think it was worth a shot. We'll see. Sure. Well, abs, thanks so much for taking some time out of your day and jumping on with us. Maybe we should uh, not wait so long to yeah, do it again next like, time. I don't like going this long yeah, without no, talking seriously. to you. You guys talk all the time because <laughs> you got asked and answered. I don't really get to see labs anymore now that the season's over. So I definitely like well, it. If that's we on purpose, on. by the way. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't All like right. you very much. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm here for you guys. Always appreciate it. it. That's Bob Labriola. Always appreciate him jumping on with us. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman, and this has been another edition of the Steelers Standard.